Welcome to Authors Matters, a podcast from the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society. I'm Caroline Sanderson, and I'm a writer and books journalist. In this episode of Authors Matters, we talk to Helen Blakeman. From Liverpool, Helen is an award-winning writer for stage and screen. She won the George Devine Award for her debut play Caravan, and a BAFTA award for her BBC adaptation of Jacqueline Wilson's Dustbin Baby, which also won an International Emmy Award. Helen is chair of the BAFTA Children's Committee and a trustee of the Liverpool Everyman and Playhouse Theatres. She's also a member of the ALCS board. Helen, welcome to Authors Matters. You're a playwright and screenwriter, uh, a very successful one. Is it the more collaborative nature of this genre of writing which attracted you to it? I suppose it is. Um, My journey to becoming a writer was actually via um, acting as a kid and just being part of a local drama club and um, and I adored it and so therefore it was a collaborative nature it was the social communal collaborative creative um, process that really drew me to it and um, I then went on to Liverpool John Moores University and did a degree in drama and that was very much a devising degree there was a lot of new work that we did so again that was very collaborative and creative but of course it needs to be written down somebody (laughs) has to do it and at first I didn't I I wouldn't dare to kind of um, you know volunteer and then I started to do so and, and that's how I became a writer or that's where I started to realize that I could write and then I started to write original stuff whilst I was still at university. Mm, interesting. So what were the things that really helped you get started in your career as a writer? And did you have to do other work while you were getting established? What got me really started was my passion for it. So when I was doing my drama degree, a lecturer of mine suggested that I apply to Birmingham University to do a, a, a master's degree in playwriting studies. And I honestly thought that you needed to be Arthur Miller to get on the course. And I thought <laughs> I'd have absolutely no chance. Um, but I was accepted on the course. And I, and I accepted the place on the Tuesday. And at the time, back in the day, um, the British Council were offering um, bursaries to students who gained a first class degree. And I was in line to get a first class degree and they would pay for your MA and, 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 and a bursary to cover it. And this was when student loans were were just starting to come out, mm-hmm. showing my age. And um, and then on the Thursday, that funding was withdrawn. And, and I'm from a working class background, single parent, lived in a council house. And there was no concept in my mind that of borrowing money to, to, for education because I had no backup. You know, my mum my just couldn't have helped whatsoever and so the passion that that drew me to to wanting to write and to tell stories of people whose voices maybe aren't always heard drove me on and I wrote to everybody I could think of and this was you know these were were handwritten letters that I did and and I funded it through grants through donations through working stupid hours at a call centre evenings and weekends um 
But it was the drive of me wanting to do it that pushed me on. There was no way I was letting myself off the hook with this. This I knew was an opportunity for me. And then whilst I was on the MA, I wrote my first play. And I also knew then that this was again an opportunity when we were having a showcase, so I invited people along. And uh, one of those people was the was writer-director Terry Johnson, um, who'd lectured us on the course, luckily enough. And he came along and asked me at the end of the showcase if I happened to have the script with me, which I did, of course. And, um, and he took it the next day to Mike Bradwell, who's the artistic director of The Bush at the time. He took it to his birthday barbecue and said, happy birthday, Mike, and gave him my play. And that was in July, and before I graduated officially in the November, it was on at the Bush Theatre in London as part of their 25th anniversary season. So in terms of, you know, I went from student to professional writer in the blink of an eye, and I've always written. Um, There was a time that I did one part-time job, but apart from that, that was just after my first play as I was going into the phase of going, oh, am I writing for theatre or am I writing for TV and can I do both? Um, and just to, you know, fund living in London. Yeah, I worked in an, in an office in Covent Garden. But apart from that, I've always just written, which mm. is incredibly um, lucky and often unheard of, unfortunately. But what a great story, though. And, and you know, those breaks, I guess, do come out of that absolute tenacity and, and determination, don't they? You know, when I think of the world of AV writing, it's one of the fastest changing areas in which to work, isn't it? Um, so I wondered, since that, since that first break, what have been the biggest changes and challenging that you have experienced, including, including positive things? Because I guess in some ways, with all the new platforms, there must be more opportunities. Or is it that simple? The biggest change for me was just before the pandemic. And um, I was approached by an animation company in Paris to, to write an adaptation um, of a Michael Morpurgo book for animation. And I'd, although I'm, you know, I'm the former chair of the Children's BAFTA Committee and I'm still on the Children's BAFTA Committee. So I have lots of industry contacts in and around the children's industry and animation, but I'd never written for it. And at first I was a little nervous because I wondered if my process would change and it didn't. And it, it, it was, it, that has been the most beautiful change for me because I was able to, um, just before lockdown, um, I was able to sneak in a little trip to Paris and, and talk to the director in the studio and, and see the creations, the creativity rather, that goes on um, for animation before you know they even get to, to script. And I just fell in, in love with it. And it allows me, uh, I'm doing my second project now, and it allows me such creative freedom in terms of what I am able to um, explore visually and obviously in, in story terms, because you're not confined by budget. Mm-hmm. Well, you are. Obviously, there is a budget, but you are allowed to tell pictures in a, in, in a much more, story pictures in a much more um, open way. So it has been the emergence of platforms that have allowed that, because obviously there are far more, there is, I should say, far more 
chance of a different variety of projects um, being required by those platforms. So, you know, that they are focusing on a lot more animation as well as live action. I'd always been live action up until that point. But now it is really nice. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, crossing those boundaries from animation um, to live action and from um, children's family to adult. So it's really nice. It does feel as though there is a lot more opportunity out there. Yeah, so it also shows your adaptability and versatility as a writer and and I think willingness to embrace new challenges, doesn't it? I think as, as writers, we all have to be prepared to do that. And I think most writers are because we, we just have to seize the opportunities, don't we? So all the indicators are that it's becoming harder and harder to earn a sustainable living as a writer. What's your best advice for aspiring playwrights, screenwriters or even existing ones? Um, I'll start with the, the playwrights because I think that um, writing for theatre is such a foundational skill for for creative writers who want to go into um, you know theatre or, or, or TV and film. As you said in, in the introduction, I'm a, a trustee of the Liverpool Everyman and Playhouse, and our New Works department there um, they're such advocates for 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 new writers, and there's they. The programmes that we have there allow writers to really learn the ropes and become and develop. Um, so I think that theatre is the go-to. Is that I, I would always recommend that um, as a sort of starting point. As a mean. starting point yeah. for sure, because you learn so you you learn those structural skills and the the techniques and you know AV writing is and writing for theatre. You know, such a lot of it is about the psychology of the character and story arcs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and those those skills are, it doesn't matter which genre you, you're, or medium that you're working in, they are transferable skills. And you'd probably have a lot more chance of getting your work read or becoming involved in a programme and getting to know writers. And there's always a community at a theatre. And I can honestly say that in my experience, theatres have always been very welcoming. So I'd say your local theatre is is gold dust and, and, and get involved. Um, from there, read, read scripts. Um, I watch a lot of stuff with the subtitles on. It helps. Um, I think I watch that also for, for concentration purposes, but I also like to watch a lot of um, foreign language programmes. So I kind of got used to watching things with the subtitles on. I really like it. So, so reading, becoming involved with theatres at a kind of grassroots level and not being afraid to approach people is another thing. I remember when when I was at university, I remember calling up BBC Radio and saying, how do I write for you? And whoever answered the phone said, oh, my goodness, you're the first person who's ever done that. So I'll put you straight through to Kate Rowland. So we had a chat and I didn't go on to write for radio but that is another great foundation. And I, I, I just think that the theatre community and the TV and film community is a lot more open than people think. And there are great avenues around and resources like the BBC Writers' Room. Um, BAFTA is another great resource. Follow their social media for events um, and programmes that they do. Also, the BAFTA Rockcliffe um, Forum is terrific. And you can submit pieces of work to them um, and writers get chosen to 
new writers get chosen to be featured in a showcase and those scripts are all read by industry professionals. So that's a great way to get noticed. That's such great advice. And it's wonderful to know that there is that openness because I think a lot of people might think actually it's going to be fiendishly hard to even get... um, a foot in the door. I love that piece of advice as well about having the subtitles on. It's something about seeing the words, isn't it? Alongside the, the pictures, as it were. Apparently, it's really good for kids as well, for literacy skills. Mm, so, that's... yeah, I love it. And now my, my kids, although they're older, they, well, my daughter especially, she, yeah, watches with subtitles. That is, that is a top tip. So as I said at the beginning um, of this interview, you're, you're now an ALCS um, board member since, since last autumn. So I wonder what motivated you to get involved in ALCS and maybe when you first came across ALCS, um, that would be interesting to hear. And um, what are you hoping to bring to the ALCS board during your term of office? Well, I came, first came to ALCS like most writers when I, you know I, when I became a, a professional writer and started writing for TV and undoubtedly it was my agent who probably advised me to join and um, I along with all of the ALCS members you know love the organization because we get our you know secondary rights payments twice a year and that always brings a smile to one's face um, and I remember last year starting to get engaged with their emails and um, and that's when I saw that they were looking for directors and I think that with my um, experience at the Liverpool Everyman Playhouse it was something that really attracted me to it because I, I love the collaborative approach but I love being on the writer's side as well and also with my work for BAFTA um, I, you know I like being part of an organisation and so it was It was that, and I just saw it as a real opportunity to get to know an organisation which will make a difference to uh, not only AV writers, but to, you know, authors, journalists, academic writers. I think it's terrific what ALCS do, and I love a bit of advocacy. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like, um, yeah, championing writers and creativity. Mm. And it, well, I mean, it's always it's so interesting with the ALCS, isn't it, that you, we've got writers, members right across the spectrum. So I always find it interesting. You know, I'm finding it so interesting hearing from you as an AV writer because I'm very immersed in the book world. So it's just we, we discover lots of synergies, lots of things that we have in common. I mean, we're all writers. We're all creators, aren't we? Absolutely. And then I remember telling a, a friend just after... Um, I took up the board position who's a professor at Liverpool University and she said, oh, ALCS, oh, I love them. They pay me twice a year. And I hadn't really up until that point quite appreciated the reach of ALCS, um, specifically across, you know, the academic world as well. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I tend, as a creative, I tend to, I suppose we all do, we think we stick to our own channels and, and don't see the broader reach of creativity. Um, and And so... You know, it is an organisation that does stretch far and wide. Absolutely. Hurrah. Um, 45 years old, just as we record this too. Um, So what do you see as the most pressing issues for audiovisual writers right now? Have you, I just wondered if you'd experienced any piracy or copyright infringements yourself. Is, Is that something that really concerns you or... Actually, never, not at all. I mean, I have to say that from my point of view, you know, and and as a TV writer, you go around to meetings and 
you share and discuss ideas with script editors, development execs, producers. And I've never, ever had hand on heart um, an issue of trust with them. Absolutely not. Um, I can honestly say that in my case, never. Um, Also, I have a great agent, so that helps because I know that I have backup. Um, But I've never needed that in terms of copyright infringement, etc. So that's a, a... that's a nice uh, thing to report. In terms of difficulties, well, yeah, it is tough to break through, you know, and it's tough to keep going. You know, you, you have to be an ideas generator. Um, there was issues a few years ago in TV of, you know, a lot of um, primetime slots being written by men and a lot of a group of female writers. Um, we got together and got letters together and, and, and managed to make the front page of The Guardian around that issue. Diversity and equality are a huge issue, which really has to keep being pushed. Mm. Um, I suppose as a writer, you know, in a way, we're part of a community and part of a team, but we're all individuals as well. And and that's both both a good thing and a, and a difficult thing because you're always in competition with somebody. I think another issue is... The lack of risk taking, possibly among broadcasters. So, you know, you'll get an authored series, which will be authored by, you know, an absolutely exceptional writer. But if they write all the episodes, then, you know, there are other people not breaking through or finding their feet or just paying their bills. So there's the, the lack of risk taking. And that comes down to, obviously, investment and budget, doesn't it? So whilst there are great opportunities out there, I wouldn't say it was easy. No, I don't think it is ever, ever, ever easy. But, um, yeah, it's interesting what you're saying. I was just thinking about what you're saying about where we all work, sort of work. Well, you work a bit more collaboratively than some writers. But, yeah, we're, we're sort of individuals and there is that competition. But actually, there's a surprising amount of supportive stuff going on as well I oh absolutely think. it's a group of female writers who we are all we have our own facebook group and try and do get togethers etc and um and are supportive so what's next for you helen well i'm just writing a play at the moment um i have two animation projects on the go and uh an adult drama in development um, and I've got other things coming through and that none of those things are I'm able to talk about and say, which is really annoying because it's obviously on the tip of my tongue. So it's just a really exciting time of um, development and I'm pushing forth, really. I, I absolutely love all the things that I'm doing and every all of the projects that I'm doing at the moment, I'm also um, executive producing as well, which is great because it means that, you know, I'm, I'm there from the start having a, an impact um, on the project, not just from the writing point of view. So, and also because of the pandemic, actually three of those are international projects, which has made made the world smaller and bigger all in all in one step. Oh, exciting. It sounds like you really relish the variety as well, which, um, which many of us do. So good luck with it all. And thanks so much for talking to us for Authors Matters. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. We aim to reflect the views of a wide variety of authors on our podcast, but their views are, of course, their own. Check out more episodes of Authors Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and please join us next time.
Goodbye.